Warm Up with he and Rod P. Brought to you by Bud Light on the Horn. Hour two of our five here on Hook 'em Up with Ian Rod B. Five hours a day, five days a week. Austin's only and best. I guess you're the only. You got to be the best. Local morning sports conversation. <laughs> we appreciate you being with us. However, you find us great participation on the uh, text line in the first hour on that uh, tragedy in New England with a fan of the NFL being killed in a, one of these in the stands fights that breaks out. Lost his life. It's horrible. Fifty-three year old. 30-year season ticket holder, the New England Patriots. Um, tragic. Uh, good good opinions on that in the first hour. Also, some just the facts. Rod took us behind the burnt orange curtain. Coming up this hour, Rod will get us a rant. Some good stuff on the uh, the, the Rod's <laughs> deep dive brain thoughts. Then we're going to talk about Cowboys and Texans. We haven't given enough love to the Texans, so we'll give some. We'll talk some Texans and Cowboys nice. early on. Got some factoids Two for you. In. They're going to blow your mind. About the Cowboys and the Texans, actually. Speaking of uh, me. just the facts, we just did our one because on the way to the timeout, Ty was talking about uh, the Rangers, and he's feeling good. He should be. Well, they got Josh Young back, and you, let me let me give you one other just the fact on the Rangers. You realize, remember the the baseball amateur draft back in July, mm-hmm. and the Rangers selected a kid named Wyatt Langford out of Florida. Well, he is tearing the cover off the ball in minor league. He's now all the way to AAA. Wyatt Langford. He's playing for the Round Rock Express. They're playing in Tacoma right now. He had four hits last night oh. through 40 pro games. And, and remember, when they got in the draft, there were Dylan, you know, the, the kid from LSU was the consensus number one pick, Dylan Cruz, uh, Paul Skeen's the pitcher. And the question was, would one of these, because there were, there were like three or four guys considered that could have been considered as the number one player. And the Rangers ended up taking one of those guys with the fourth pick. That was Wyatt Langford. In 40 pro games since being drafted by the Rangers, Langford is – uh, got he's, he's through forty. He's got an OPS of one point one eight seven. He's got ten home runs, ten steals. Wow! And he's a guy with your <laughs> ten days to the playoffs. If the Rangers can make it, they may consider putting him on the roster. And you having him as a bat to use come playoff time. Yeah, uh, him and Evan Carter, who's are, they already called, called yes, up. Yes, he's uh, already they've already prospect, brought him up, and he's been playing lights out as well. Yeah, we talked all year about how the Rangers had this you know loaded farm system, and then drafting Wyatt Langford added another coveted piece. Well, we'll see. Rangers are getting best. all those pieces back beyond. I mean, Evaldi pitched last night against the Evaldi uh, pitch got you the win, or part of it. Yeah, I mean that their pitching is going to be their challenge come postseason time. But man, that's a that guy. And for the Round Rock Express, they they and it, it'll be interesting because the Express have a chance to make the the uh, the playoffs in AAA. Uh, they're right there battling with Las Vegas for the top spot in the second half of the PCL. So he. He, he, he safe to say White Langford going to be playing in the postseason, whether he's at AAA or at the major league level. Just a little note for you Ranger fans to keep an eye on. Nice. You know, you know how the Astros continue to tumble at Minute Maid <laughs> Park. Hey, um, good stuff this hour. Rod will take us with a rant. Let's get the headlines, though. Trending topics to start this 7 o'clock hour. Top Gun, rentals, and lawn equipment bring you the news. We'll start with those Longhorns. And, yeah, it's uh, – T-minus two days now to the Longhorns Big 12 Conference opener at Baylor. The I-35 rivals. Longhorns have won 80 of the previous 112 meetings between the two. But this game on Saturday night will be their first ever at night at McLean Stadium. Since they built that and opened that stadium, all four matchups have been in Waco. Longhorns haven't won in Waco, as a matter of fact, since 2017. Uh, Bears will be playing their fourth straight home game and only have won one of the first three. And their starting quarterback, Blake Shapin, still out with that knee injury. Sawyer Robertson will make his second career start for Baylor. Mississippi State transfer through for 113 yards in his first and his first collegiate touchdown 
this past Saturday, and the Bears win over Long Island. Third-ranked Longhorns favored by more than two touchdowns. Head coach C. Sarkeesian aware of the challenge they face. We're going to go into Baylor here Saturday night on the road. It's been well documented that as of right now, the last time we're, we're, we're going to play Baylor, last time we're going to go there. And so we understand the environment we're walking into, and, and we can't be fearful of that. You know, we, we have to embrace it. We got we to gotta walk in there and, and be ourselves and play our brand of football. 6.30 kick on Saturday night in Waco. Elsewhere in college football, suspended Michigan State football coach Mel Tucker responded yesterday to the school's notice that it intends to fire him for cause because of an allegation of sexual harassment. In a written statement that he sent to ESPN, Tucker claims that other motives are at play, that there's been a bias against him throughout the process. By firing him for cause, Michigan State will avoid paying the 51-year-old nearly $80 million remaining on his contract. Major League Baseball, despite their recent struggles, the Texas Rangers have moved to within a half game of the first-place Astros in the AOS. They're struggling, too, obviously. Josh Young is back in the lineup, had a tie-breaking two-run single last night in the seventh. They beat the Rangers, or the Red Sox, 6-4, to something Houston lost to the AL East leading Baltimore Orioles 9-5 at Minute Maid Park. Orioles left footer Austin Hayes hit a pair of home runs, had four RBIs. Seattle topped Oakland 7-2. With 11 days to go, Houston leads the Rangers and Mariners by just a half game in the division. Also from baseball, LA Angels star Shohei Otani underwent surgery on his right elbow, his throwing elbow yesterday, a little less than a month after being diagnosed with a torn ligament in that arm. The two-way superstar expected to be healthy enough to hit and be in the lineup to start the 2024 season. And he says he plans to return to pitching in 2025. 29-year-old only a few weeks away from being one of the most coveted free agents in baseball history. Corn headlines brought to you by Top Gun Rentals and Lawn Equipment. The heat's made us crazy. Get up to $100 off select steel backpack blowers and employee pricing on all zero-turn mowers in stock this month at Top Gun. TopGun.net. We'll shoot you straight. Uh, life comes at you fast. You're actually concerned about the Astros now, huh? You freaking out a little bit? Well, they're just you not see, playing good. I mean, you want to be. Well, this is a bad time to be playing bad we thought, baseball. <laughs> we thought then that the, getting everybody healthy, you know, getting as healthy because they've been banging, battling injuries, Astros all year, in and out of the lineup with Altuve early and our Alvarez, and just been been kind of not had their full roster. Now they do for the most part, and they're not very good. <laughs> they're just not very good. Uh, they don't pitch real well. They're not uh, closing games, and as I mentioned, they're not uh, they're not winning at home. They're under five hundred as a team at home. That's that's problematic. Yeah. At this point, and uh, you just want to, you want to be like Baltimore feels like the team in the American League. Tampa, they're 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 hitting and hitting their stride right when they want to. Now there's still 11 days, and you can find that stride, I guess. The Astros still, I think, have the the players, but um, this is, don't don't that doesn't have the sense to me that they're they're, mm. they're crescendoing. Yeah. Oh no, they might have. Hope they didn't peak too soon. That's that would be my concern as an as an Astros fan. Yeah. And you, you've had every opportunity to run away with this division at this point. Every well, all three teams have, and they're both. I mean, the Astros have gone gone four and six in their last ten. The Mariners have been four and six in their last ten. The Rangers have had the best record at six and four, and that's why it's. You I know, mean, here we are with you know ten days to go in the season, eleven days, and the uh, you know half game separates all three teams. Yeah, have we had a division be this competitive at, with three different teams? Uh, this close within a division race this late in the season. I wonder how long it's been. I mean, I'm sure. AL East, probably. Huh? AL East, probably, with Toronto. and I'll Yeah. Think, well, think about this. I mentioned the, the A's, the Mariners play Oakland tonight, or actually this afternoon. And then this is the remaining schedule for the Mariners, who are a half game back. They play three with Texas in Arlington, three with Houston in Seattle, and then four with Texas. So they're going to play those two teams the rest of the way after today. 
So it'll be decided on the field. I mean, that's and if you're an Astro fan, you're looking at that saying, well, the Rangers and the Mariners are going to play seven times. If they just split those, they knock each mm-hmm. other off. You know, unless one side dominates that yep. last seven games, Astros should be in good shape because one of those teams is going to lose every day uh, in those seven matchups. Plus, you play Seattle head to head. If Houston can, you know, hit the gas here, go go Steve Sarkeesian, all gas, no breaks. They can pull away and win this division and and because all you're trying to do is make the postseason and if the Astros get to the postseason that's where your postseason experience comes into play and all of that but at the same time I just don't feel like a team that is uh head in that direction right now we'll see till two weeks to go or 10 days to go uh, and it'll be decided and base, baseball couldn't ask for much is more than that to have all those head-to-head matchups to decide a division decide playoff spots in the final 10 days oh, of yeah. their season no doubt about it you got uh and I mean you just talked about it they got some exciting uh, young talent that'll be uh, showcased in the playoffs too. Ex- well, it won't be Shohei, but still, unfortunately, <laughs> unfortunately. Well, and then that, still that, that, well, have that, never that, seen that, Shohei in the playoffs. That story picks up. It was interesting that uh, the story broke over the weekend while everybody was watching college and pro football. That Shohei Otani cleaned out his locker and had left the. Does that mean Angel. anything? Well, well, it just means he wanted to go have surgery. He wanted to expedite the surgery, surgery, so okay. he can be as healthy as possible by the start of next season. Was really what that was about because mm. he's going to go be a free agent. I think the fact that he cleaned out his locker. And left the that would tell you he's probably not going to be an angel next season. Uh, he's going to be one of the more coveted free agents of all time come October and into November. So we'll see. The bidding process will begin. And Otani has made it clear he plans to be you know in your everyday lineup to start next season. And then by 2025, he wants to be back pitching and in your everyday lineup. Uh, well, that's that's uh, that. I wonder if now uh, they'll whoever picks him up if they will uh, change the. I don't know, the dynamic of him being a two-way player. And he'll only be situational or matchup-based or big games or something like that. Well, he won't be in the rotation as regularly as he was as an angel, and which means he won't be setting all, making all, setting all these crazy records and doing unprecedented things all the time, um, but still maybe have more durability yeah. as a player. Yeah. Uh, so, hey, Rod, can I ask you a question real quick for, before we get to your rant about the Cowboys there. and Texans? Yeah. And we'll talk about this at the bottom of the hour. The Baylor Bears, the Longhorn opponent this week. I'm trying to figure out how Baylor can stay in the game with Texas. So I'm watching this game. Last week they played with Long Island, or I'm looking at this game. They played with Long Island. Long Island's 0-3, by the way. They're they're an FCS team mm-hmm. from Long Island, New York, and they're 0-3. They're not good. Yet in a game ahead of their conference opener with Texas, where they they, they, they were pretty sure they were going to have Sora Robertson be their starting quarterback because Blake Shapin still a week or so away, according to Dave Aranda. They, I mean, wouldn't you think against a team like that you would try to get some confidence for your young quarterback who's probably going to start against Texas? Instead, mm. they ran the ball 50 times. They had, they they threw it like 15. Yeah, man. And it, it was almost like they were trying to hide him against Long Island. Yes, well, they this, are. I mean, this guy's played in every game they've played so far, Sawyer Robertson. He played in the in the Texas State loss, and he threw a pick. Then he played in the Utah game and threw two terrible picks. In the, and they were in the fourth quarter, weren't they? Yes. They were late in that game. they were leading the game. Yeah, they were fourth quarter picks. Right. <laughs> like the worst gun. Yes. Um, <laughs> one, I mean, so, and then against, that's what I'm saying, then against Long Island where you okay, we, we were going to play Texas next week. We might want to build this, see if we can get this guy going. They hit him. They, they completely didn't even try to throw the football. I don't know, man. He just looks like the worst quarterback in the conference. That the, I mean, and the Longhorns have maybe the most talented defense in the entire conference. That seems like a complete mismatch on Saturday. Yeah, that's what I said. You want him in third and long, right? You cannot allow what happened last week with uh, Svoboda. Svoboda. 
Svoboda. Svoboda. Uh, you cannot allow that to happen where he has, what, four third and longs the entire game, and he's always comfortable with the passing situation. You got to get him, Sawyer Robertson, in third and long more than at least four times. You keep, you keep him in third and long, which means you got to win first down. You keep him in third and long, he's going he's gonna to throw you a couple. He just will. Or you'll end up sacking him, or he'll end up throwing it away. It is right now highly unlikely on third and long situations against the Texas defense that that guy's going to be able to convert vertically down the field. It's just, it, it ain't very likely. But third and short, third and medium, yeah, he can do that. Well, that's right. I mean, go back to the Rice game. Rice kept JT Daniels in third and long the whole day, and he didn't do much, right? Until there you go. One drive in the fourth quarter, this game could look a lot like that. And that's what I'm wondering with Dave Aranda. Not only is the quarterback play not good, they're not explosive on the outside. I mean, their receivers are not dynamic. What their their best weapons are the running backs with Richard Reese and uh, the kid that transferred in from Oklahoma State, the running back Richardson. Dominic, yeah, Richardson. Dominic Richardson. Yeah. But he didn't play last week. He was hurt. Uh, they got they the other, need him. They, they need him back. Yeah, they need him. So, but, but I just don't think trying to dominate the run game against Texas is a good idea with their front. Um, well, they got no. It's the best it's bad best, idea. It's, best bad it's, idea. it's the Argo principle. It's the best bad idea because the other idea would be okay. Sawyer Robinson, <laughs> saddle you up and have you go out there. No, like you said, against Long Island University, they're like, nah, we can't. No, that's that's a bad. We could lose this game <laughs> if we if we try to get Sawyer. If we saddle up Sawyer Robinson and put the offense on his shoulders, we could end up losing this game. So I think against Texas, to, they're to gonna the run sharks. the sharks. Yeah, they're gonna do what Wyoming did. Like you said they're gonna sh- try to choke the choke the clock. In this game. And the only problem with that is you're going to need Sawyer Robinson to make some plays to keep those drives alive. Yeah. And um, can he? Is he capable? Do they have the weaponry to do that? And is he capable of that? He's thrown one touchdown in his college career, three picks this year. He's completed 40. Four percent of his passes. If you're the Texas secondary, you gotta love this game. And <laughs> you gotta be. You should be taking those big, big guys on the D line out to Denim and saying, "Hey guys, I need y'all to win first down. Because if y'all win first down, we're gonna be in second. They're gonna be in second long, and then third and long, and third and long, we gonna eat. Yeah. We gonna eat this guy. Oh, he gonna throw us a couple. So if you're Texas, that's the, the winning down is first down. You watch first down, you'll know all you need to know about this game. If Texas is allowing them to get, you know, four yards, you know, uh, a pop, four or five yards a pop on first down, that's going. That's a problem. That's a problem. That's, that means Baylor's going to be right where they want to be offensively, and Texas won't have them in third and predictable passing situations. That's correct. All right, yeah. uh, we'll get more to that coming up at the bottom of the hour. Also, for the end of the hour, we'll do some bullish or BS. First, Rod's got a rant. Find out what happens when people stop being polite and start getting real. You ain't keeping it real. My God, okay, it's happening. Everybody stay calm. Oh, you've got it now. It's time for Rod's Rant of the Day. Hold on to your butt. Um, Now, earlier uh, we gave a stat about C.J. Stroud that was a little surprising to me that he is top five in the NFL, fourth actually, in passing yards. Here is the, uh, the kind of really impressive nugget to accompany that stat. E. C.J. Stroud also has faced a third-highest pressure rate in the NFL. Um, in the face of all that pressure, he's got the fourth-most passing yards. And last week, as you know, he pointed out, too, he started that game without four starting offensive four. linemen. Without, yeah, that's, so he definitely had the worst <laughs> O-line in the, in the NFL in week two. There's no doubt about it. Uh, and yet, he still hasn't thrown an interception, and he's fourth in passing yards. I will say, as a Texans fan, not a lot of people watching the Texans, and I get it, and we won't spend much time on them. I've seen 
a, a lot of really promising signs early on from a young C.J. Stroud. The way he conducts himself and his poise in the pocket, doesn't turn the football over, doesn't panic. He actually, you can you can tell that, and this, you, they, the Texans have tried to run kind of the Shanahan offense, running 21 personnel and some heavy sets because they got Andrew Beck there as their fullback, and they, they haven't had a lot of success. So I, I for Bobby Sloak, it's going to be, Interesting to see where he pivots uh, because in heavy personnel uh, last week, then two running backs or two tight ends, which is what the 49ers ran a lot of. And Bobby Slowick coming from that 49ers Shanahan coaching tree, uh, they had 21 plays for 53 yards. But when they went in 11 personnel, 58 plays for 336 yards and two touchdowns. They're just a much better offense out of 11, one back, one tight end. But that is not the Shanahan offense. The Shanahan offense is one that presents power personnel packages and pivots to pass principles, specifically play action pass principles. Um, and that's not really what the Texans offense is. And I always say football is a like life, a constant struggle deciding between what you want to be and what you need to be in order to survive. The Texans need to be probably right now an 11 personnel uh, offense so they can get the ball out of, and I know it makes sense, like, oh, man, we go heavy personnel to insulate pass protection. No, what's better to insulate pass protection is getting the ball out of his hands quickly. And you don't really do that in the, the heavy personnel, the 12 personnel or the 21 personnel because they're trying to uh, get to long developing routes, play action pass, vertical shots downfield. There's going to be a time for that for the, with the Texans. But right now, 11 personnel, that's C.J. Stroud's, that's his groove thing. All right, and you want to work the groove thing. Uh, all right, always work the groove. Thing. <laughs> you always want to work the groove thing. Um, all right, let's talk. About, let's give you a freaky, crazy stat about the Cowboys. Freaky, crazy stat about the Cowboys, man. And this is really good. Okay, so um, the Cowboys defense, we know right now, considered the best defense in the league, and it's it, I think top defense and scoring defense, total defense, takeaways. As well, I mean, you sacks, you name it. Cowboys are probably at the top of the NFL in that the defensive statistical category. So here's a stat for you: the Cowboys haven't allowed their opponents to take a second half snap inside the team's 40 yard line. No. I repeat, Cowboys haven't allowed their opponents to take a second half snap inside the team's 40 yard line. Use it, and uh, shout out to my man Bobby Belt because he went deep diving on this stat. Uh, and Stathead, too, by the way. Shout out to Stathead. Um, going back to 1994, the Cowboys are the only team to ever do that through the first two weeks of the season. Going even deeper, they – oh, sorry, go ahead. Well, I was going to say that because we're going to get a text. Like, well, come on, guys. They played the Jets and the Giants. Yes. Who, no, no one's ever done it in the history of the league. Doesn't matter who you're playing. This is the NFL. Dating back to 1994. So that's as far back as this data goes. But honestly, <laughs> I would say I'm with you. I'm like, man, I don't know if I've ever heard anything like that. We, we can go look at the 85 Bears. Go look at the, maybe I'll stay the 85. Look at the 85 Bears and the Ravens. And I'll go and, and I'll see. Right? The Ravens of the 2000 and the 85 Bears. Maybe the 02 Bucks. And I'll see where those def- Legion of Boom 2014. And I'll see where those defenses stand. But like I said, they and how many of them got past the 40. But it's saying back to 1994. So 85 Bears is the only one you really that's need to look years. at. That's 30 years. That's a long time. That's a big sample size. Um, so I don't know how many of the other, those great defenses, how many times teams got inside their 40-yard line. But it's saying the Cowboys has, had, haven't done it yet in the first two years. 
uh, sorry, first two games and going back to 1994, no team has been that dominant and uh, has met that criteria to not allow their opponents to take a snap, a second-half snap, I should say, inside the team's 40. Okay, going even deeper, they've allowed only two second-half snaps on their side of the field this season. <laughs> um, those plays resulted in a sack for Michael Parsons and an interception for Trevon Diggs. Well, and remember, last week against the Jets, they the Jets only had the ball for 18 minutes. I mean, so they, so the offense is doing a good job of keeping the ball, which mm-hmm. helps ball add control. to these stats, right? I mean, yeah. when, you, when you control the ball for 42 minutes of the game. Fresh defense. You're fresh fresh defense. Yeah. And they just don't get that many opportunities. And uh, that, that's that's the that was the game plan, right? That was the blueprint for Mike McCarthy when he let go of Kellen Moore was, we don't need to score more points. We need to help our defense. We need to control the football and, and manage the game better and, and let our defense win us the game. And that so far through two games, the opposing offense has done nothing and, <laughs> love, and not been given a chance. I love this text. You want to crown them? Crown them. Well, I'm not, crown them then. I'm not, I'm not, no, we said earlier, I mean, these first four, the Cowboys are going to be 4-0. Uh, yeah, but the yeah right the 49er game we all agree that's the game if you want yeah, to crown them crown them then yeah that's yeah. we all waiting on that one okay one more here okay one more before we get done so through two games this season Dallas has allowed an opponent passer rating under 35 sacked the quarterback ten times and not allowed a rushing touchdown the only other team since the AFL NFL merger in 1970 that can claim that 79 Pittsburgh Steelers and the Steel Curtain. Also, the only team, uh, the Cowboys are the only team since that still curtain defense to lead the NFL in takeaways in back-to-back seasons. The Pittsburgh Steelers of the still curtain uh, era did it three years in a row. This Cowboys team has done it two years in a row. If they do it this year, they'll tie the uh, Pittsburgh Steelers for that uh, consec- the years of those consecutive streak of leading the NFL in takeaways. So right now they're trending toward being special, but it's still very early, very early. But those are some freaky, crazy stats. No yeah, question. About the Cowboys. Freaking no, crazy. No question. Yeah. All right, there's uh, Rod's rant. Good stuff right there on the Cowboys and Texans. We come back, we'll get back into Baylor. Somebody asked a question on the text line. We're talking about Sawyer Robertson, who's not a very good quarterback at Baylor. How good is the Baylor defense? Well, We'll let you know. Coming up, it's not very good either. It's not very good either, amazingly, for Dave Aranda through three games, at least in the Big 12. Details on that, plus before the end of the hour, some bullish or BS with Ian Rodby. Plus an update on Ty's challenge against a former NFL athlete that's coming this week. It's Ian Rodby. Aaron Hogan, Rod Baber. Austin, Texas, Sports, The Horn. Oh, man, a couple of texts on the uh, text line. This says the Legion of Doomsday Defense, Cowboys. Somebody said, can we revive the Doomsday Defense? Rod and I have taken to calling the Cowboys D the Tenacious D. The Tenacious D. The Tenacious D. <laughs> they are tenacious. They are tenacious. Uh, yeah, I'm sure they'll have a really cool nickname. They got to earn it, though. Right? That's the thing about cool football nicknames. You got to earn it. So they'll earn one. Somebody will come up with something. Well, really cool. And it's really good. But, again, as I said Monday and Tuesday, I think that the uh, the thing I was most impressed with was the Cowboys on Sunday was not the defense. I mean, the defense I just have come to expect to be great, but they they controlled the ball for 42 minutes against one of the league's best defenses on the other side. That's what Mike McCarthy said, though. He said, I'm not really concerned with scoring points. Right. I'm more about winning games. And people were like, we made fun of them. But now you actually see it, right? You see, like, oh, I get it. 
Well, Lloyd Murray. Yeah, yeah, see, it ties well, all bumped I knew, up. I knew Coach Big Mac had it. Well, I'll give Ty Trout at least through two weeks. And they, <laughs> Big they, Mac. We know they'll be tested greater than they have been, but somebody said, come on, you guys act like the Cowboys have played playoff caliber teams. Well, the Giants were a playoff team a year ago. They were. And they won last week yeah. and scored 30 some points against the Arizona Cardinals, who aren't very good. But at the same time, these are NFL teams. The Jets want to be a playoff team, and they beat the Bills in week one. So it's not like they, like they played nobody. Bills. Yeah, that's a good point. Now I'm with you on that. I, and that 42 minutes of time possession, remember, Rod, you know this, right? Coordinator's job is to coordinate, right? So they get locked in on their play calling, mm-hmm. their sheet. The head coach's job is to manage the game. That's what the head coach's job is. And sometimes I think Sark has struggled with that, where mm-hmm. he gets caught between being the offensive coordinator and the head coach who needs to manage the football game. Yep. And this is where I'll give Mike McCarthy credit. I mean, I've poked at him as much as anybody, calling him Big Mac and whatnot, and, but Ty has faith in him. Now it's affectionately Big Mac, though. Now it's not like, right. well, <laughs> he's like Big Mac. He's managing the game, <laughs> and it's not about scoring points. It's about and to, to put up 42 minutes of time of possession, and you know, Dak Prescott out of the game he had against that defense, I think is pretty damn impressive. Uh, it's not. I mean, they they had to kick five field goals. They weren't great in the red zone, but man, when you've outscored in the National Football League, which is built on parity, and you've outscored your two opponents by sixty points, that's yeah. not the way that league is built. It is not. No. no and way. that's impressive. And this is the most uh, parity-driven era the NFL has been in, in a long time. Yeah. In terms of margin of victory, uh, the league is more league. competitive than it's ever been. It's, it's designed <laughs> to be a field goal league. Every game comes down to the final few minutes and. That's why Vegas and you know the lines are up. The Cowboys have just shattered it, and, and that's impressive. Again, it's a long season, a lot of football to be played, tougher tougher games to come, and we'll certainly talk about them. But uh, it, it is certainly worthy worth, worth noting and talking about here after two weeks for the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, also, after three weeks in the in the college football ranks, Rod, we know there are huge matchups coming, and I'm looking at this Texas Baylor game and trying to figure out. Baylor's mm-hmm. game plan, and I, some, several people have texted us and say it's going to be a trap game. And look, it's Waco at night. Oh, yeah, I get it. Trick plays too. I think Dave Rand's going to have some trick plays ready. I'm just I watching this Baylor that. team and thinking they're not explosive. They're very average. And then you think, well, Dave Rand has got a great defense. You realize through three games in the Big Twelve right now, they're they're eleventh in total defense out of fourteen teams. On a they've allowed five point five yards per play. To the likes of Texas State, Utah, who's playing with a backup quarterback, and Long Island. I mean, Longhorns are third. Longhorns are allowing about four and a half yards per play. Baylor is about a yard more per play, total yards and yards per play. And the Longhorns have played a much tougher schedule. Right? The Longhorns have played three teams who went to bowl games last year in Rice, Wyoming, and Alabama. And Baylor has played three home games against, you know, Utah's the only quality opponent they've played. I don't want to diminish Texas State because they seem like they're much improved, but that's still a Texas State team, mm-hmm. and they're allowing five and a half yards per play. So this doesn't seem like a, a close matchup, but again, it's a Big 12 conference game on the road at night. Uh, Maybe a trap game. I just don't think they'll see them matching up with Texas very well. They don't match up with Texas very well, but it, I will say, you know, coming off the Wyoming game, backup quarterback for Wyoming, and a lot of people didn't expect Wyoming to play with Texas for three quarters, and then Texas blew them out in the fourth quarter. But no, nobody really expected that to be a tie game. I guess I, I would. I would you pick, know what I mean, after, after three quarters of football, both teams for, for three weeks, I would pick Wyoming to beat Baylor. Oh, I know. And I, I don't disagree with you, but I'm just saying that's why I think the line is is where it is. And Baylor, they could, Dave Rennick can save his season to an extent by beating Texas, right? And he, and I think they're gonna have they're gonna go all in 
to beat Texas. You're going to get kind of an all-in approach. Is that going to work? I'm not, I don't think it's going to work. No, I think Texas is going to beat them. <laughs> and I think Texas should Texas should cover the number, too, by the way, which is 14-and-a-half or whatever it is. Um, but I think given the pass protection issues Texas had with Baylor last season, different team, but schematically, I, I told you guys, Dave Aranda told you guys months ago, Dave Aranda provided the blueprint to everybody how you pressure Texas. And everybody's followed the blueprint and added their own little uh, wrinkles to it. But that Dave Aranda is the one that pretty much uh, set that blueprint when he, they sacked Texas five times last season. And they're going to use some of those same concepts. And I would be shocked if Baylor didn't use some version of the three high, three down just situationally against Texas just because of uh, it works. And by the way, Rice doesn't major a minor in the three hound, but they used it against Texas and got a sack. And, you know, I was shocked that Alabama didn't use it at one time. But I think we can all see that Alabama's having some issues, right? right. Uh, period. Even right. Lane Kiffin's hinting that, hell, Kevin Steele ain't even calling them defense anymore because Nick Saban might be displeased with what's going on. So I don't have no idea what Bama did, but Bama was outcoached in that game, and it was a it was a nah, mediocre game plan for Alabama. But we saw Wyoming. That's what they major a minor in, and Texas had some issues getting into sync, at least that passing game, getting in, uh, in the sync against that three-high, three-down. So I think David Randall will throw all of those things because he's a, he's a really good defensive mind. I'm saying a good head coach, but he's a great defensive mind, and I think he will throw those things at Texas. Has Texas worked on them? Have they solved those issues I hope so, and we saw that from week one to week two, and that will be tested versus Baylor. And they should pass that test Uh, with flying colors. My buddy coach Jeff Meyer texted us to say, guys, I was at the Baylor game this past weekend against LIU. It was parents weekend. He's got a kid going there. Nice. He said Baylor is as bad as ever, and that doesn't include the backup. <laughs> no, 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 no. You can't be as bad as ever. You talk about Care Bears. I played against the Care Bears. All right, that they are not as bad as the. We will be looking in the stands and trying to you know hook up with ladies by halftime hey against the Care Bears. Man, we were like the Care Bears were terrible. Like they were really bad. We would just annihilate them back then. So they can't be as bad as ever because I played against Baylor teams that was really bad. Who was coaching them then? That was oh, the early 2000s. I don't even, yeah, it was early 2000s. I don't even remember. They were so bad. We would. It would really be a struggle to stay focused during those games. They were terrible. They really were. Well, I mean, again, we've said this a lot. The Texas's bar is their bar, and if they play to that bar, Baylor can't play with them. That's that's my assessment through three weeks. Can, can Texas play down to this team and keep this team around? Yeah. But at the same time, if they play – you know, if they're past that Alabama hangover, which, gosh, even the coach of Wyoming he uh, said, it. said yeah, I ex- we expected Texas to be a little flat and be a little bit off. Uh, he said, it's been my experience that when you win a big game like that, it just is human nature. Mm-hmm. So if Texas is through that He's right. and Quinn Ewers doesn't turn the football over, there's not a lot of ways I find where Baylor can be in this game. Uh, but, again, that's that's maybe overconfidence on my part. It's not up to me to go play the game. I'm just giving you what what, what you've seen on the – these are three home games, Baylor. Baylor hasn't I traveled know. anywhere yet. That's crazy. They man. haven't left Waco. It's and crazy. they're 1-2. and two. They're 11th in defense. They're dreadful on offense. I'm just I mean, I'm just looking at the numbers. That's what you do, Rod, just the facts, right? Look at the numbers. Their quarterback play is awful. <laughs> I'm not, I mean, that's not even overstating it. No, it's bad. It's really, <laughs> and, and, like, yeah. and if Blake Shapin was playing, okay, because Blake Shapin's their best player, I think. If you go back and watch that Texas State game, even on a bum knee, he was excellent against Texas State. But they're just, they don't do much good. I mean, and that's that's on Dave Aranda, right? Uh, I think mm-hmm. you know Dave Aranda is going to put himself, because we, we told you after they lost to Texas State that if they don't beat Utah, they could be looking at a 1-5 and five start, and the one win is going to be over Long Island. Because their schedule early here is tough. Because after they play Texas and Waco, then they got to go on the road a couple times in Big 12 play with some challenging games, including one to Lubbock. 
And David Rand will be in hot water. Um, oh, there's no doubt he will be because it's pretty clear to that administration now and the decision makers that he was winning with Matt Rule's players. Uh, and, that, and he was building off a Matt Rule culture. Well, and, if you're, and if you're the coach, you're like, hey, Blake Shapen, it's not like Blake Shapen's all Big 12. And how is this our backup quarterback? In the transfer In portal tra- era? Yeah. <laughs> Come on, man. And, and again, I don't. if you go back and watch the Texas State tape, Texas State looks like the more talented football team. Like they, it wasn't even a fluky game. It was just you watch the game. Who's got the better athletes? Who's got the better quarterback? That's who's crazy. got the better players? Texas State, Texas State was better than them. And Utah, you know, came in and you know was on the road, coming off their big win over Florida, and they you know t- Baylor controlled the game, but then they gave it up in the fourth quarter. And then even against LIU, Long Island, who's an zero and three football team, they were not at all dominant. Not at all dominant mm. over LIU. Concerning for Dave Aranda. Yeah, you guys think Kevin Steele was the head coach when the Care Bears uh, were I, over. I never heard that nickname, the Care oh, Bears. That's what we used to call them. They were terrible. Care Bears stare. That's, we're like, that's the only thing they could do to you because they were so bad. It was like they were terrible. So you'd be we'd hitting on the, chicks in the stands? Uh, we'd be hitting on women in the stands by halftime. It was just a thing. And, man, we're like, uh, we pad stats and uh, both in the stands and on the field. You know what I'm saying? That's the way it was going. They were so bad. I right, hear the, the scores. Uh, Baylor, Texas, when they played Texas, we beat them 41-0 in 2002, my senior year. Uh, let's see, we beat them 49-10 my junior year. Uh, we beat them, what was the other score? Let's get the my sophomore year, 48-14. to Okay, they scored some points. Give it up for them. It was pretty good then. And then 1999, uh, we beat them. Sixty-two to zero. I'm telling you, by halftime we were, it was out of the game, and we were like looking in the stands and hitting on women, like, "Hey, hey, meet us down the buses in the back." Yeah, yeah, you, you. <laughs> meet us at the bus. Yeah, it was because they were so bad. They were so I don't bad. Know, this so for y'all saying, "Oh, they, this is bad," Baylor's they've never been this bad. No, no, no. They have been way worse than that, man. They were the Care Bears. They are not the Care Bears now. Well, and look, they, 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 they could rise up and play a heck of a game here, and we'll see. They just don't look all that talented. This oh, says, no, I, uh, I thought, no, I, I'll admit, I thought Dave Aranda was going to be a good hire. I mean, he won the Big 12. And I too. assumed it was going to be a good hire. I did yeah, not I know it would implode and regress this quickly, so it's pretty obvious. He, he was building off a of Matt Rule coach with Matt Rule's players, and yeah. Well, this is what happened down. to y'all saying Aranda was a good hire. Look, he was, yeah. I thought it was a good hire when he came in from LSU. He's one of the best defensive minds in college football. But it's about talent, and you've got to have really good players. And uh, it doesn't feel like he's done a good job of, of attacking the portal and recruiting. And But, again, it, it's three weeks in. But all you can go on is what you've seen for three weeks. And for three weeks, they've been average to, to way below average in most all phases of the football game. Uh, our buddy Mike Harge pointed out on the text line there, on a text to me that uh, the, the backup quarterback for them is a kid named R.J. Martinez, who's from Westwood High School here in Austin, Texas. Might be time. Might be time. You know, I know might he's got time. some legs to him. Yeah, might he's, be time, man. He's got Seriously. some legs to him. He can't um, be worse. And I, look, I gave no, I gave Dave Randa some slack because he was hired during the COVID year. That was a challenge for any coach trying to mm-hmm. build a staff and build a team during COVID. And then he won the Big Twelve in year two. He won the Big Twelve exactly. And you're like, okay, well, that's pretty good. <laughs> that's pretty good. I, I think we all were like, okay, I'm good. impressed. I'm impressed. But you're right. That was with mostly all the all the star players on that team were Matt Rule recruits, right? Yeah. The the Jalen Petries, Terrell and Bernard, Terrell Bernard, and, and yeah. Tyquan Thornton, and Arthur Smith, or Smith, the running back, and. Uh, Bohan and the quarterback, and they were all guys that Matt Rule brought in. And I don't remember Jade Barron, the Longhorn, great player, 
uh, was a was a Baylor recruit of Matt Rule before yes, Matt was. Rule left, and that's mm-hmm. when he flipped and came to Texas. Thank, I mean, Steve Sarkeesian is thankful for that. Yes, he is. So he's not playing against Jody Barron this week, uh, and he's got him in his defensive backfield. All right, we'll come back. We'll get some bullish or BS on this Wednesday up over the hump, getting you into the weekend, uh, which is around the corner now. Looking forward to some big-time games. What are the best games? that are coming college and pro football this weekend. We'll preview that coming up in Bullish and BS. Everybody was Aaron Hogan, Rod Baker, Austin, Texas, Sports, The Horn. Time for Bullish or BS, headed into a tremendous weekend of college football, NFL as well. Rod, Wednesday through Friday, let's uh, get bullish on some of these big games in college football. Oh, yeah. I'm going to ask you this. The best game of the weekend, the biggest game of the weekend, the marquee game of, of Saturday is Ohio State and Notre Dame, number nine against number six, both teams undefeated. It's in South Bend. Which side of this game are you bullish on? Which side are you concerned for when you look at this game? Yeah, that's interesting. Um, it's, you said it's at Notre Dame, right? It's in South Bend? It's at South Bend. At Notre Dame Stadium, 6.30 kick. Same time the Longhorns will kick in Waco. The Buckeyes will kick at the Fighting Irish. Man, um, right now I'm leaning Fighting Irish. I know. And I'm leaning Notre Dame. But I know the Ohio State has a more talented roster because Marcus Freeman just ha- hadn't had enough time to – But how often do we talk the about the, the, the separation in quarterback, right? Yes, if, if exactly. You, that, there you go. I mean – Sam Hartman. Well, Sam Hartman, I mean, Notre Dame's been playing football a long time. He's been legit, man. And he has thrown 13 touchdowns and no picks in four games. They've been over 40 points in each game. His 13 touchdown passes uh, are the most TD strikes in the first four games of a season for any Notre Dame quarterback ever. 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 And the Wake Forest transfer, remember, this is not a flash in the pan. He was a four-year starter at Wake Forest. And he he was great there his last two years, too, actually. And he's moving to seventh on the major college football career touchdown pass list. And he's just a really good player. And that can that can cover up some issues with your roster if you're not as good as a team like Ohio State who's trying to figure out what their quarterback situation mm-hmm. is with uh, with the we're trying to replace C.J. Stroud. Yeah, I'm, I'm leaning Notre Dame right now. Me I could too. switch up after doing some more research, and I will. But um, considering how upset Ohio State fans are about what they've seen, it, and it, they're still undefeated, but they don't like the offense right now. And Ohio State has had been known for their prolific offenses so, like I said, Notre Dame is my lean right now, and you're right, Sam Hartman is probably the difference. And if if Notre Dame were, were to find a way to win that game, you all of a sudden get pretty bullish on the Fighting Irish, big picture, right? Because, I, would, yeah. I mean, Marcus Freeman in his second full year there. Um, if you have you, to if, beat USC after that. Yeah, right? well, yeah they, we, tough schedule. their schedule yeah. is, is tough because they, they have Clemson still on their schedule, I believe, in the ACC. Mm-hmm. They've got uh, Clemson plays Florida State in a good game early Saturday. We'll get get some picks on that coming up. Uh, Ty, what side of this are you bullish on? Buckeyes uh, or the Irish? I, I, I'm with y'all. I, I like Notre Dame, but you know the talent on the skill positions for Ohio State always scares me. I mean, having the best receiver in college football can can single handedly win you a game in Marvin Harrison Jr. So. I don't know. It's a toss-up for me. Yeah, can they cover Marvin here? Because on the outside for Notre Dame becomes the question against that Buckeyes secondary. Mm-hmm. Um, Jaden Greathouse. Jaden Greathouse, the uh, former Westlake chap, the freshman. Has he He's, done much since yeah. uh, that first game? Well, I was going to say. He yeah, had like I, two touchdowns in that first game. Yeah. Um, I haven't watched Notre Dame a ton. So i got to go like watch him and see if he's actually playing a lot. But, I mean, somebody, they don't have a lot of receivers, though. That was the whole point. Remember, they didn't have a lot of great skill receivers. They were recruiting a lot of them from the state of Texas. Uh, but they were recruiting a lot of receivers to give uh, Sam Hartman some weapons. 
Um, I got to go look at it and look at his shares. I can go look at Pro Football Focus and tell you how many snaps he's playing, though. Can someone who follows Ohio State closer than I do tell me this? Because, you know, they Kyle McCord is their starting quarterback at Ohio State. Mm-hmm. But they also play this kid, Devin Brown, uh, the sophomore. From Change of Arizona. pace? Yeah, but why does he wear number 33? That bothers me. That's his actual number? Yeah. <laughs> he wears, like you're watching him going, is that a running back? What's he doing? Why would he do that to himself? <laughs> does I don't know. Does he have no style? Is he, <laughs> yeah, he's one of, he wears number 33. It's got to be a tribute. It has to be. It's got to be I'm a saying. tribute. I'm not trying to make fun to, of the guy. I'm just no, what, it's, remember, Doug Flutie used to wear 22. It's got to be a tribute, dude. It's got to be. There's no way he thinks that's a cool number. Right. For a quarterback? For anybody, really. <laughs> 33 <laughs> well, is a struggle to Tony make. Tony Dorsett looked pretty good at 33. Did, whole, exactly. Look how good he had to be. That whole year, Denard Robinson wore like 97 <laughs> Yeah. for well, Michigan. Yeah, well, was it a tribute? Uh, yeah, I think to uh, like a Michigan quarterback from like the 1910s. Yeah. I bet it's a tribute somehow. Kyle McCord's wearing number six, which is kind a of a good quarterback number. Oh, yeah. I'm not getting 33. Um, he, he wears it in honor of Sammy Ball. Is oh, slanging weird? Sammy Ball? Nice. Is that real? Or are we making that up? Are you making that up, Jeff? Two people have said that now. Jeff uh, okay. and another text said he wants to be Sammy Ball. Oh, oh, that's awesome, Nancy. <laughs> that's good. Now that is the reason. That is pretty freaking cool. It's just cool. odd to turn on the TV and you see the quarterback, you know, dropping back wearing thirty three. You're like, I like that. That's pretty good. Now, now that that's a baller reason to wear it. <laughs> now, got whole new respect. You bullish on that? Whole new respect, man. That's that's legit. If that's if that's the reason, that's legit. That's 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 pretty baller reason to wear it. I'm bullish on that, man. Bullish? Yeah. See, I, I, I need to be educated. I was ignorant. I didn't know. Who is Sammy Ball? Who Flanking is Sammy, Sammy Ball? Ball? Oh. All right, let me ask this question, Just Rod. Google and then I want to see your bullish or BS. So Ty on Wednesday or Thursday is going to go head-to-head <laughs> with uh, Casey Stuttered. Casey Stuttered in a oh. punt, pass, and kick competition. Mm, mm, mm. For This is all for internet content. Let's not mask him. We want some, we want some clicks. Yes, we do. Yeah. Got some clicks last week to for the, the got to, got some clicks last week for the wing challenge that went miserably for Ty. <laughs> what is uh what are you are you bullish or BS on Ty versus a professional athlete in a punt pass and kick contest? Obviously I'm going with the pro athletes <laughs> here. But Ty, I do think you have a chance. You gotta make sure accuracy is a part of this and not just power and distance on these things, the punt pass and stuff. Yeah, we got to put parameters on. Yeah, you need to be like, accurate. Make him be accurate because sometimes for big boys. You don't need no Deshaun Watson out here throwing the ball around. Casey <laughs> has a lot more to lose here than I do. I'll yes, I agree. I think with that too. Is no he, is he, but it's so Casey has accepted. Yes. But Casey officially. is a, a pro athlete, so he's got the advantage too. That you know, He's a national he, champion. He played pro football for a living, and you're in a. This will be a football contest. And as, Ty, and as Ty told us on Monday, he got like shin splints walking to the game the other day. <laughs> you just got to throw. I mean, how many times? How many attempts on each uh, punt pass? That's a good question. You guys have to decide. You, there you the, go. You guys agree on that? I think. I think in the actual PP and K, you get one. Ooh, now you get to clutch. warm up. You get to warm up, and then you get one punt, that one counts. pass, and yeah, one kick. Yeah, but that's that's like at like church camp when there's like. A hundred kids that have to go, you know. Did you ever see the Andy Reid video of when he did the punt pass and kick contact when he was a kid? And yeah, he's, unbelievable. He's about, he's about a foot taller than everyone. Yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> it just, that is an awkward video. He's wearing 34, and there's like, like he looks like an adult, and all these little kids are like next to him, and you're like, what in the world? He, lo- he looks like he's got facial hair. Yeah, <laughs> at 12 like, or 13. Like, like, what? <laughs> yeah. He's huge. Look at him. <laughs> 
That is unbelievable. Yeah, you got to Google uh, Andy Reid oh, punt passing kick. It is fantastic. That is awesome. And Andy, <laughs> he didn't win, did he? Well, it's pretty clear Andy Reid got to full size by twelve or thirteen, and then he, that was it. <laughs> did he? How did he do in the, uh, the 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 kick pass and catch cover? How did he do it? I think he won. Did he? Win? Well, yeah. How cute you was. There you go. All right, Ty. I'm rooting for you, but I wouldn't bet on you. Does that make sense? My I'm money is heavily you. on Casey Stutter. Yeah. Because I know this about Big Casey. He's Someone says best of three. Yeah, yeah, that's what I was thinking. I think three would probably work. I agree with it this. It won't be a very long video if it's just one. Yeah, let's go three. I agree with that. Let's do it. Ty, represent, baby. I will. Which one are you going to You have the best chance to win? Which one? I I once at a Westlake football game when I was in middle school was brought on the field at halftime to if it was like you make a field goal you get free Chick Fil A for a year, <gasps> and I got it about two feet off the ground, oh. and I've regretted it ever since because obviously Chick Fil A for a year would be huge. Oh I'm man, pretty sure you're game gonna, changer! I'm pretty sure you're gonna pull your hamstring on that 33 yard field goal. <laughs> it's all right. I'm, I might go out today and get some practice. There you go. All yeah, right. Man. Well, we're gonna have to go to this ride. Do we know what time this is happening on Thursday? Noon. Noon. I'm going to, to take that in. I might have to attend this thing, too. Are we sure man. we're clear to have people out? Uh, Use the field, all that well, kind of yeah, stuff? Well, yeah, we're, we're, we're getting there. We're good. We're getting there. Uh-oh. Yeah, I need clearance before I go over there. Welcome to planning. <laughs> well, right, welcome to planning. Well, I don't want to get escorted off the scenario, We go to the park that's right here behind the office, and we can do it there. Okay. There would be no field goal. Meet me in the parking lot, you and Casey. We'll figure it out. Someone says Casey's a lineman for a reason. <laughs> Casey's one of the more athletic <laughs> and uh, talented linemen I've seen as far as that goes. We'll come back.